in the immortal words of the great MJ when announcing his return to the NBA after a brief hiatus spent playing minor league baseball, and as the press release simply read, I'm back. That's right, Potosphere, after a rather lengthy hiatus myself, I wish I could say I was busy playing in the minors, I'm back. But don't worry, I was never all that far away in the first place. No, I was here. But what was I doing, and why oh why was I not releasing new episodes of Art Wonderful? Well, let's get into that, shall we? In four, three, two. Hello, art enthusiasts and art lovers. Welcome to episode 17 of Art Wonderful, the podcast where art is a religion. I'm your host, Nicholas Harper. I'm broadcasting from my art studio deep within the Rogue Buddha Gallery that's here in the heart of the Northeast Arts District in magical and wintry Minneapolis, Minnesota. I want to thank you for joining me as we explore everything the arts has to offer. It's the mission of this podcast to spread the gospel of the arts, their essential value to our everyday lives, and to offer a deep-dive exploration into this most mysterious of subjects. You can learn more about myself, the Rogue Buddha Gallery, this podcast, and those we have on the show by visiting us online at roguebuddha.com, R-O-G-U-E-B-U-D-D-H-A dot com. Click podcast from the menu. Ah, that feels good to say again. Oh, how I've missed you. I have indeed missed you, Mr. Art Wonderful Podcast, and I've missed the Art Wonderful Podcast family. That's right, I've missed you all. Have you missed me? Before you answer that, now, I have to warn you at the outset that things are going to get a bit dark in today's episode. It's not going to be all kitty cats twirling confetti. We're going to go down some dimly lit alleys, and it's not going to be all pancakes and elephants and tutus. Yeah, never mind. But alas, I hope you do stick with me because at the end of every storm, well, the clouds got apart and the sunshine has to break on through, as, at least for me, in 2020, it did. And I hope that it did for you as well, or that if not, that it does soon. Now, I know 2020 was a handful for quite a lot of people, and we all handle these sort of things differently. There's no shame in taking a few emotional punches and needing a breather. I, for one, did that myself this summer, and in taking my break, which we'll talk about soon, I was able to regroup and, despite everything, ended on a sort of emotional and spiritual high note. I can honestly say that I'm nothing but optimistic for 2021. But first, before we get to the mountaintop, well, we need to explore some valleys. So, before we get into things, I just want to say thank you first and foremost to my partners, MPLSArt.com and NEMA.org for not giving up on me and hanging out while I went on a bit of a sabbatical. Also, I want to thank the numerous people who've been asking and have asked about the podcast, letting me know just how much you're looking forward to its return. I especially enjoyed John's shout-out in the parking lot of Home Depot at 8 in the evening a couple months back. 
I have to say, your words completely uplifted me that night, and it was such an unexpected boost. Well, it was neato. So, your all love is one of those big, bright, shiny sun rays that emerged from those dark rain clouds of 2020. And I do want to apologize to you, the listener, for my taking such an abrupt and unannounced break from the show. We were doing so good, weren't we? Cooking up a new episode each and every week. We had some great momentum, you and I, as we were navigating what 2020 was throwing at us. And then, all of a sudden, just as the proverbial cow dung really began to hit the 2020 fan, poof, things got a whole lot weirder than anyone could have anticipated. And sadly, I was nowhere to be found. So for that, I do apologize. But let's get into my disappearance, shall we? Uh, It really began on Memorial Day, uh, when I had announced on social media that I was taking the day off from the podcast in honor of those that serve or have served our country. I have a lot of family that have served, are currently serving, and one that's about to start serving in the military. Of course, as a conspiracy theorist, I have mixed feelings about the military. But what I don't have mixed feelings for are genuine, honest, everyday people choosing to do what they think is best by sacrificing themselves for a country they love and doing what they think needs to be done to keep this amazing experiment, America, on its feet. So to them all, I say thank you. And on that day, Memorial Day, I spent it in various cemeteries visiting my relatives, including my father, out at the National Cemetery. Now, if you've never been, I would highly recommend it. The landscape dotted with some 200,000-odd marble tombstones is a sight to behold and can have a chilling effect regardless if you have a relative or friend there or not. That night was spent as usual, alone in the studio making art. It would be a couple days until I learned what happened in South Minneapolis in the evening of Memorial Day. Now, I'm not going to linger too much on the events of George Floyd. By now, the entire world is aware of what happened. Needless to say, as Minneapolis burned for a week in the aftermath, as our quote-unquote leaders, by way of mayor and governor, did little to nothing except help fuel the flames with their own divisive rhetoric, while simultaneously selling out mom-and-pop owners of brick-and-mortar businesses, snarky much, I found myself in a new role as a gallerist. That is, hunkering down the fort during social unrest. As an owner of a brick-and-mortar business, located near numerous other mom-and-pop shops, and while many shops in my neighborhood were being damaged or looted, I found myself, along with the others, boarding up the windows and doing what I could do to protect the artwork inside the gallery, not only my own, but that of dozens of other artists whose work was in my care. So, windows boarded, along with other precautions in place, I, along with a number of other business people and residents of Northeast, took to the role of doing what our, again, quote-unquote leaders were unable to, or more rather, unwilling to do, and watched out for each other, and protected what we had all worked so hard to build, standing guard from dusk till dawn for numerous days in a row. Now, if you've listened to the show before, you know just how important brick and mortars are to me that it's not just material stuff that can be flippantly disregarded, as our mayor alluded to. No, in many ways, these are places of community, and they hold so much deeper meaning than the component parts. That's why seeing so many mom-and-pop shops in South Minneapolis needlessly burnt to the ground or be senselessly looted, well, that hurt to see. And I know, I get it, 
A brick and mortar is not a human life, but that's a false equivalency if you ask me. There's no need to compare the two, and the loss of one does not in any way justify the other, and it in no way justifies the flippant disregard of the other or the downplaying of its importance to not just the owners of brick and mortars, but to their patrons and the community at large. So, that's as much as I'll say on that soapbox. Needless to say, as the ashes still smoldered a week later, I was both physically and emotionally unfit to not only think about a podcast, but to care about one. By this point, I was doing what I always do when something traumatic happens. I was beginning to turn inwards. And besides, who wanted to hear me bloviate about art at a time like that? People's headspace, attention, and energy was elsewhere. And rightfully so. The events of those couple weeks, proving a mighty large distraction and an emotional drain, were the catalyst to my taking a break, not just from the podcast, but from social media, the mainstream media, and news, and even making art in general. I also contacted the Teuton Prophets on whose board I sit and asked that I be allowed to take a sabbatical for the summer. They were both cool with that. And so rather than producing an episode of Art Wonderful, where I felt I would have an obligation to talk about the current events, but also felt completely unable to do so with any sort of emotional maturity or poise, frankly I was at a loss of words, I took a step back from everything, and pretty much every one. Also, while I might be very opinionated, I just didn't feel as though my voice would do any good at that moment, as if I had anything of importance to say anyways. So, I began to immerse myself in nature more than usual, meditated daily, worked in the garden for hours on end, and in general spent a lot of time alone examining myself and my own nature, and the nature being human, and what this all means. Life, that is. What is life all about, and how do I perceive it? And in what way do I, or should I, influence it, or attempt to do so? Of course, after a long summer of doing some heavy lifting in the contemplation arena, I of course have all the answers, but I won't bore you with those here and now. No, perhaps I'll share them in a future episode. Needless to say, that was how my little vacay from Art Wonderful began. Now, I warned you that we were going to be uh, going down some dark paths in this episode. Well, we're not done with the darkness quite yet. See, as summer was beginning to wane, I was starting to feel the itch for the microphone again. I was ready to talk about the summer events and even penned an episode. Truth be told, I'm sort of glad I never recorded or aired that episode, as it's a bit heavy and I kind of felt like that maybe the air had cleared on many of the topics I raised in it and that the social zeitgeist had sort of moved on. So I begged off. I was at this point very busy with painting again and was getting excited to offer a new small study each night of October as part of something I call the 31 Nights of Halloween. I did this last year and was amped to do it again. I was also busy getting lost in nature, documenting various landscapes for an exhibit that just opened this past Saturday at Gallery 360. More about that in a bit. It was after one of my forays into the woods with a couple friends that I went to my mother's house for a family cookout. It was drizzling outside and a bit miserable, but my mom wanted to have the get-together regardless. And so we made a bonfire outside, 
fired up the grill, and the last family cookout for the year began. We had a great time laughing, eating together, and Mom was having a blast. Although she wasn't happy with how her egg salad had turned out, we all thought it was just fine. It was about an hour into the night that my sister came and got me, as my niece and I were outside by the fire. She said she thought Mom maybe needed help going to her bedroom to take a nap, as she was acting a bit strange. Upon seeing her, I knew immediately she was having a stroke. Despite the fact that the fire department had gotten to her with only a few minutes, and that she received the very best care anyone could hope for at the U of M, sadly she passed away three days later, on September 29th, at the age of 93. While certainly the hardest thing I've ever had to experience, I'm filled with gratitude that she was able to have one last meal with everyone, and that the protocols at the hospital had loosened just enough that everyone could see her again before she passed. Two weeks later, I found myself back at the National Cemetery as we laid her to rest with my father. Somehow, it seemed a weird and surreal bookend to a weird and surreal summer. Needless to say, I once again was in no mood to make art, let alone record a podcast. And so this episode would again have to wait. My mother, or Muti, as we referred to her, was an artist in her own right, and I'll talk about that more in next week's episode. In fact, the whole episode next week is going to be dedicated to her, her art, and her influence on me, the Rogue Buddha Gallery, and Northeast Minneapolis. But we're not done with the darkness quite yet for this episode, as my mom wasn't the only artist 2020 claimed. No, in fact, quite a few people passed from this mortal coil last year, including uh, Eli Heidelberg and Jeff Lowhouse. Both were mainstays in the local art scene in their own and very different ways. I can't say that I was close to either of them, but I was well aware of their importance and impact on the local art scene. I would see both regularly out and about, either at art events or just at the local grocery store, where we would briefly chat and catch up on each other's various projects. Eli had recently become more of a regular at the Rogue Buddha, joining us for death cafes and various coffee clatches, always in tow with his posse, an entourage of colorful and talented artist friends of his. Sadly, two other artists were taken in 2020 that I was much closer with or influenced by, Aldo Moroni and Kit Rogers. Two days prior to my mother's passing, a dear friend of mine and an art icon in Minneapolis, Aldo Moroni, passed away after a year-long bout with pancreatic cancer. Because of the proximity to my mother's own passing and being wrapped up in that, I never did publish a public remembrance about Aldo, so perhaps this will fill that void. My story with Aldo goes back nearly 30 years. I was introduced to him by my boss, Roseanne Hall, at Our Lady of Lords Church, where I worked to help pay tuition for De La Salle High School, where I attended. Aldo and his family were parishioners there, and Roseanne knew I liked art and thought I should meet Aldo. One Saturday day at work, she told me to go down the block to where an art festival was taking place, and Aldo had set up shop giving demonstrations on how to work with clay, 
And so I, a twerpy 16 or 17-year-old, hung out and watched and asked questions the whole afternoon, and that was the beginning of our friendship. Not too long after that, he and his wife bought a house across from the park where my brother and I played tennis. A couple times a week, I would head over and chat with him on his steps after a game. We would talk art, philosophy, history, current affairs. Small talk wasn't in his DNA, nor is it in mine. Our paths continued to cross, as over time I eventually opened a gallery, and again, uh, we would bond over all things art, meeting for coffee here and there. And we would talk art, philosophy, history, current affairs. He even exhibited work at Rogue Buddha at one point. We last met for coffee about a year ago in his condo in the A-Mill Artist Lofts. He gave me a tour of the building and workspaces, the work he was working on, and then we settled into the condo by the big glass windows for coffee and heated debate on all things history, art, philosophy, and current affairs. He was one of those people who taught me to think for myself, especially if it meant going against the grain, and even if it meant at some point we would come head-to-head, he and myself. It was this kind of friendly intellectual challenge that I so enjoyed when spending time with Aldo. I always came out of discussions with him knowing that I didn't know as much as I thought I did, and that there was so much more for me to learn. He was never shy about recommending a book or ten. I last saw him this previous spring at an art event for his latest and greatest art piece, a massive sculptural undertaking that will continue to evolve and grow well after his departure from this realm. His smile was infectious as ever, and he continued to light up the room, something he did effortlessly. His laugh, contagious. Minneapolis is left with a hole after his passing, and Aldo and his work will be greatly missed. Okay, one last little remembrance, and then we can get ourselves out of the darkness, maybe. So I recently came to know that an early mentor of mine had passed in late 2020. Uh, Kit Rogers was a hairstylist, photographer, makeup artist, and clothing designer. I came to know and work for him through his clothing design. You may or may not know this about me, but I studied clothing design at the U of M. A fellow classmate of mine, Amanda, asked if I'd be interested in an internship with this guy she had interned for, Kit Rogers. She told me about his design studio, which was located above his hair salon in the warehouse district. Intrigued, I met with him for an interview and subsequently began working for him every weekend for about a year and a half. It was under his tutelage and that of his head designer, Mark, a master tailor and pattern maker, that I learned to make couture clothing and elaborate costumes for his well-heeled clientele that often included the spouses of numerous professional athletes or celebrities. I was also on call to work countless runway shows, charity events, and parties. And when Kit threw a party, he threw a party. He was boisterous, always smiling, always complimentary, and while always the center of attention by no fault of his own, eager to hold everyone else up into the spotlight where they could shine their brightest. He was also demanding and a perfectionist. And he was also a bit awkward and shy, which I learned once while having dinner with him at the parlor in northeast Minneapolis. This was the only time I was really ever alone with him, and that we just talked, the two of us. 
This was the first time and only time that I saw his vulnerability in a more introverted, cautious, if not inward-dwelling person. Besides the clothing design, I learned a lot just watching him interact with others or be when he was creating. I also learned about how to craft an environment, as his salon and studio were adorned with elaborate and decorative elements that made the space feel rich as well as inviting. I last saw Kit a few years ago while he was back visiting. Some years ago, he closed up shop here and began working between Los Angeles, Las Vegas, and New York. When we saw each other, we talked about a possible collaboration and what we could do together in the future. Sadly, none of that ever came to fruition. Kit, again, will truly be missed. Now, what about the Rogue Buddha Gallery itself? Well, it's been closed since the spring of 2020. It was with a heavy heart that I canceled all of the exhibits in 2020 after our February-March Unloved Creatures exhibit. And now, all of 2021's exhibits have also either been canceled or are in a holding pattern. As the retail landscape continues to shift month by month and even week by week, I don't feel comfortable booking and scheduling a show that may not have any chance of really opening, let alone getting any real traction. I'm also not about to have a limited opening where people don't feel comfortable being close to each other and having real human interactions. If you've heard previous episodes of this podcast, you know just how important the human interaction is at an opening and in truly appreciating artwork in person. It's partially for that reason that, while I can technically be open to the public, I'm going to continue opening only for private viewings for the foreseeable future for those that are comfortable being around other humans and having genuine human interactions. It's important for me to be able to connect with people genuinely. Now, I totally respect anyone's personal decision to do what they deem necessary for their own well-being and for their particular situation. Luckily, RogueBuddha.com is available 24 hours a day, so you can continue to take in and be exposed to the work we have on exhibit at your convenience. I'm currently working on updating the store, and so there should be quite a bit of new work for your viewing and buying pleasure in the very near future. And for those daring enough to visit us during a private viewing, the art on the walls is going to be primarily that of myself, along with a handful of other artists who I usually like to have on exhibit somewhere within the gallery on a more permanent basis. My hope is to have the gallery again ready for viewing within the next few weeks. To schedule a viewing, shoot me a call at the gallery or send an email, and we'll get back to you with details and what you can expect during your visit. So, there it is, 2020. The death of a friend, the death of a mentor, the death of multiple acquaintances, and the death of my mother. And in some ways, a little death of the gallery and the city that I love. Told you we were going to get a little bit dark in this episode. But, alas, I also said there was going to be some sun after the storm. Ah, sweet catharsis. Despite everything that happened last year, you won't hear me say bleep 2020. Because to me, that's a bit childish, if not a bit narcissistic. It's just life, and life is the gamut of experiences. 
Perhaps we live in a decadent age when we've lost touch with the realities of our existence and that it isn't all unicorns and lollipops and sometimes things get much worse before they get better. I can't be the only one who grew up watching Mutual of Omaha's Wild Kingdom on weekends, can I? You know, the show that exposed us to the antelope getting eaten butt first by the lion? Or the pack of hyenas surrounding a gimp critter, slowly closing in till one just chomps on the neck and the others go for each of the limbs? Yeah, life is beautiful sunsets, but it's also about being stalked by prey larger than you. For me to complain about it, well, it's a waste of my time and energy, so I embrace it. To quote one of my favorite movies, Smoke Signals, sometimes it's a good day to die, and sometimes it's a good day to have breakfast. (laughs) Somehow I think that sums it up pretty well. But my personal catharsis really comes from going inwards, and I do that a few ways, meditating, gardening, running or biking, but also just by walking, and never with earbuds, mind you. I try and always just have me, myself, and my thoughts in tow. I walk in my neighborhood oftentimes as late as 3 or 4 in the morning, and also at various parks near me, Silverwood and St. Anthony being a favorite go-to. Well, this summer, a good friend of mine, Phaedra O'Dell, turned me on to the state parks here in Minnesota. I've been to a few over the years, but sadly never really explored them and wasn't even aware of just how many there were, many being within a hop, skip, and a jump from the good old Twin Cities. Phaedra herself had taken the time off from work due to mandatory closures to become part of the Minnesota Hikers Club with her daughter, and to use that time to go to as many parks as they could and do as much hiking as they could. Hearing her talk about the parks and seeing her photos inspired me to start going out to them myself, until now, well, I'm pretty much addicted, and can be found at some park once or twice per week usually as the sun sets and just in time to get lost deep in the woods or high atop some plains as the dark of night settles in. Many of these outings have been the inspiration for the landscapes that I'm currently painting, many of which now are on exhibit at Gallery 360, an exhibit that just opened this past weekend. I'll be talking more about this body of work in a future episode, but suffice it to say that it's in the midst of these landscapes, both in real time and in the artwork, in its making and subsequent enjoyment of one complete, that I found much of my balance and calm, while the world seems to be spinning chaotically out of control. It's out of this place that really exists deep inside of the self, that I am able to navigate our current circumstances and mitigate its effects, essentially not letting them bother me. Of course, it doesn't mean that I don't feel the pain of losing my mother, or the stress of keeping an art gallery afloat, or the anger of knowing that the city I love and the state that I love have horrible people running them. It's just that I don't let those emotions rule me. I appreciate them for what they are, and try to find some sort of joy from feeling each of them, and find a way to use them to inspire me to do something, whether through walking or making art, or having meaningful conversation and sharing time with friends. And that's what my 2021 is all about, It's about leveraging the chaos of 2020 to be of something valuable and useful for the betterment of myself and those I love. It's about going inwards and finding out for myself what this life is all about, and in what ways can I better live it and also ideally help others do the same. My hope for you is that you can find some catharsis and use everything life throws at you in a way to actually make things better. You kind of have to jujitsu the bad stuff take its energy, and use it against itself. 
I always wanted to be a ninja. So looks like we made it. A new episode of Art Wonderful is in the books. Hopefully, we've ended on a bit of a high note with a little little bit of brightness and positive momentum going forwards. Uh, I, I guarantee future episodes will be uh, much more happy-go-lucky. Now, in case you're looking to view some art in real life this week, I'm going to recommend my own exhibit because, well, why not? It opened Saturday and will be on exhibit for about two months towards the end of February. And again, it's at Gallery 360 on 50th and Xerxes in South Minneapolis. They have regular gallery hours, and if you are worried about the Rona, they do have strict protocols in place, including masks, distancing, and sanitizer, so you should be covered. You can find them online at gallery360mpls.com. They will have the show up on their site in the next few days as well, so you can enjoy the show from the comfort of your own home. And speaking of online, if you want to check out all the amazing things still happening in the Minneapolis art scene and online, be sure to check out mplsart.com, as it's the most up-to-date and current resource for all things Minneapolis arts-related. They also have an essential directory of galleries linked up, so you can visit all the awesomeness the city has to offer. Again, that's at our good friends, mplsart.com. And be sure to check out nema.org, n-e-m-a-a.org, where you can peruse artwork from thousands of its artist members. There's a ton of art for you to enjoy and fall in love with. That, again, is at nema.org. So, that's a wrap for this episode of Art Wonderful, coming to you again from deep inside the Rogue Buddha Gallery. I want to thank you for joining me, and I hope you do so again and often. And please feel free to share this podcast with your art-loving friends. Until next time, remember, the best life, it's the creative life, and the best self is the artistic self. Cheers. Cheers.